Hello and welcome to the Audio Time Capsule, episode 5. For those of you new to the show, I'm comedian Simon Kane, and this is the podcast where I bring on a guest, I get them to leave 20 questions for their future self, and then a year later bring them back on to answer them. I then edit it so they are talking to their past self. All past voices will sound like this. Hi Simon, happy 2017. All future voices will sound like this. Hello past Simon, it's actually 2018 now, but thank you very much for wishing me that slightly late. Uh, a better late than never, though, isn't it? Time travel's hard. I thought that would be a really good way of introducing the first episode in the new year. It's backfired somewhat, isn't it? In this episode, we have writer and comedian Athena Kablenu, who has had an interesting year, consisting of a lot of personal changes which have left her in a better place professionally, romantically, and within herself. I don't want to say much more, but I found this one really interesting and really inspiring, and I really like how reflective she was, as well as how funny she was, about how her year has changed her. Before I hit play on the podcast, please, if you're new here, do remember to hit the subscribe button. If you're old here, please do give us an honest, positive review in iTunes, and either way, do consider joining the Facebook group. But for now, let's open the time capsule of Athena Kablenu. Hi, my name is Athena Kablenu. Today's date is the 15th of August 2016. I am currently sat in a hotel opposite Simon Kane. I'm feeling a bit sleepy. I've had my coffee. Hello, I'm Athena Kablenu. I'm in a flat in Edinburgh. The date is the 26th of August 2017. Um, I'm intrigued to hear my questions again because I don't remember them. Um, so um, I'm interested to see what I was saying to myself a year ago, uh, to see if I'm still saying the same things to myself now. I suspect I probably am. Athena, answer answer me honestly. Have you actually sat down and written a treatment for a radio show, something that could be maybe like two or three parts and sent it to the BBC and developed it? You probably haven't. Oh, I should have thought more of myself because I have, but um, it's on hold. <laughs> so it's something that's going to be revisited. Ooh, how honest I want to be here about this. Yeah, so I've written a, a, a treatment um, and it's very detailed and it went back and forth between myself and uh, individuals at the BBC. Um, but before the fringe, I just said, stop, I'm, I can't work on this anymore. <laughs> um, and now I'm really mad because, I, well, not mad actually, I'm actually happy because so many um, of my friends and peers got things commissioned in the round that I decided not to submit something for. But at the same time, I feel like this is really cool because it makes me feel really positive about going to the next round of submissions because I know that they will look at good ideas and it doesn't matter if they're from new people or old people. But yeah, man, I, I did loads of work, but I, I just, um, I, I, I mean, I don't want to discuss why it's getting cold feet, um, but I just decided that I'd, I was better off working on my show um, in the lead up to Edinburgh than kind of fleshing out a treatment where um, I don't, didn't quite feel comfortable with what it was that was being well received and what wasn't being received as well if that makes sense because that's how it works when you're working with commissioners they have an idea of what they want and you have an idea of what you want to do and there's an element of compromise uh, that I'm still learning about but I, yeah I feel better about about working on we visit we visiting this after the fringe especially having having done my show and th- thinking I know a bit more about myself as a comic and where I want to be and the things I want to say have you taken acting classes? Because you can't act, but you get lots of opportunities. You're on spotlight. You know, comedy's a hard game. You know, acting needs to be studied. People study for years. Have I have I learned how to act? I think it's hilarious that I have no memory of asking this question. <laughs> but it's a good point. I've done improv classes, um, but no acting classes. That's definitely something I need to do. The improv classes have helped me loads, actually, with my performance. 
which I'm really happy with. And I do improv now. Like, I'm part of, like, an improv... I don't like the word troupe, but I, that's what they're called, guys. They're called troops, um, which happened by accident. And I've done... So I dipped my toe in that water. But, yeah, I haven't done impro- acting classes. That's really interesting. But they're so expensive. Oh, my God. But I'm a more accomplished liar, if that helps, <laughs> which is the same thing, right? <laughs> uh, so the answer is no, I guess. But I have been doing things to kind of self-develop my acting and to uh, take better advantage of those opportunities. But yeah, I need to do an acting class. I should probably write that down into my proper to-do list and not my virtual one, which is what this is. <laughs> is your 45 minutes now an hour that is amazing and making people happy and educating people, but also making them think? <sighs> yeah, man. I mean, I don't know if it's excellent or perfect, but I definitely wanted to come here with an hour that made people think about themselves. I was served by world events, really, between the last recording and this recording, like so much has happened. It's been, uh, everyone is thinking about the world and politics and what the planet's going to look like in, in, in not even in a year's time, like tomorrow, you know? Um, so I was, I've been served by a kind of a greater animation in the field of people thinking about race and politics and identity and the divisions that we have. And I really like my hour. And what's crazy is, it, the, you know, there's only a little bit of my last year's show in this show. It's mostly all new which again is more of a response to world events than any kind of invention for my brain because a lot of my show is topical I think that kind of you always want to be relevant as, as a creative person I think I'm really happy that my hour is relevant um, probably less happy that it probably won't be relevant for much longer <laughs> so I have to rewrite the thing but yeah it is now I really like my show I don't think that disappoints me is that you know we've been in Edinburgh for a month and my show is better now than it was sort of two weeks ago but I think that's inevitable so but I'm really looking forward to what I do with my show afterwards I really think it's a, an hour that I really like I haven't read my reviews so I may change my mind when I get back home and read my reviews but I like my hour I don't know if anyone else likes it <laughs> the audiences like it which is nice have you found the writing partner um, and I'm asking you this because you know you write better with other people but you don't do it often enough so you know have you approached somebody that you have vibes with that you think hey I, we could write together and drink coffee and have a good time I just met this target two days ago. How funny is that? I had no idea that I was working this deadline. Yeah, so um, I've actually been doing more writing with other comedians, but I haven't got like a specific writing partner. But I was at a gig with someone um, who's a comic and uh, yeah, we were just like, my God, we need to write more. Like we need to write together. We got, you know, so we got the right same energy. And like he was talking about my material and adding stuff to my material. And I was thinking this could actually work in the future. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chalk that up as a win, <laughs> a tentative one at that. Because again, I'd forgotten about that question. I didn't know we had homework, Simon. I didn't know this was actual homework. Um, I just thought these things happened organically. But yeah, so, but I've definitely written more with other people, partly because my show was self-directed. I didn't have a director this year. So I was relying on feedback from comedians, particularly, to help me with it. So I will say that, yes, I have, but I get a D for effort. You know, A for outcome, D for effort. Pure, pure accident, pure accident that that's come about. So hopefully that's the start of something that, that is uh, going to be really helpful, if not to produce joint work, just to help each other with the work that we're doing individually. Oh yeah, yes, definitely. I'd still like a, like a long-standing collaborative partner, but mainly for non-comedy work, so like sitcoms or script writing or developing ideas. Because I think the reason why it takes me a long time to develop treatments and things like that is just I work that kind of stuff. I work better with other people. When it's my own voice, it's really easy to work alone. When you're trying to write something that is a bit broader, it's way easier to work with somebody else. It's just it's the work rate. You churn out material way quicker. And when you have a back and forth with a commissioner or producer, that back and forth could be you with a writer. So it just saves so much 
editing time, right? Because you're editing whilst you write, whereas when you work by yourself, the editing process is, uh, doesn't happen so smoothly. But I guess I said earlier that these things happen organically. And I actually think they do. I don't think you can go out and ask for one. But eventually you, you find someone who you're like, we need to write together. But it's something I think is a really can be very fruitful. And I still aspire to have that. Have you performed internationally? You know, like, you know, your comedy can probably travel more than it does, particularly because you've got a brother in Melbourne that you haven't visited in six years. You know, like, he's always coming over here. Why aren't you going over there and taking advantage of that? Yeah, and New York as well. New York and Melbourne are two places that I think you should be performing in um, because you've got people there and they've got gigs. So there's nothing there's nothing to it, right? You've got a passport, go. Yeah, uh, again, another one that I did by accident because <laughs> uh, I went to Johannesburg this year. Yeah, this year. So that was um, an amazing experience because, yeah, I think if you're going to gig internationally, it's probably, you know, I think for me, my comedy, I, I couldn't have picked a better place to test myself performing abroad and at a festival as well. So it was, you know, didn't even pay for it. <laughs> it's just uh, uh, I got paid to do it, which was really uh, such a privilege, man. It was a privilege. And that was a result of my last show because the director saw my show last year and just said, yeah, we'd like you to come over. I was like, oh, I'll think about it. <laughs> So um, I have performed internationally and yeah, I haven't gone to see my brother in Australia yet. <laughs> but um, I guess those things are always going to be available to me. But going to South Africa was, was yeah, like I, I think, I don't know, if, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say one in a million, but I'll say the chances of that happening and, and the way it happened, definitely something I was very lucky to get the opportunity to do and to kind of like really enjoy my time there. I was like, oh, I could do this more often. So yeah, chalked it up as a win, yeah. Did I perform internationally? Yeah. But was it in New York or Melbourne? No. So, but you know, it was South Africa, which I think is a good alternative. Have you performed um, at a kind of reputable theatre? Partic- I mean, the one I'm thinking of is Soho Theatre because, <laughs> you know, your show is, is, is decent and it could be performed somewhere where people want to pay tickets and watch you and become a fan. And you should be kind of exposing yourself to those kinds of scary risks, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting that I name-checked Soho Theatre because I obviously haven't performed there. I've hosted stuff there, so I've been asked to host stuff, which is really nice. But yeah, I've, I mean, I'm on paid fringe this year. I'm on Underbelly, which I never thought I would do, but I couldn't get a free room. <laughs> and I wanted to come up this year. I, I, I think momentum is a big thing in comedy. I think if you feel like you have it, you should just invest in it. And it's all an investment. The idea is that by the end of it, you get a return on that investment. So, yeah, that was, I would say Underbelly was a bigger risk than anything else I could have done. I've generally bit decided to put a price on my comedy now. So when I did Brighton, I did a paid, it was paid, I charged people to get in. I feel like it's a better way to find your audience. You know, as comedians, we tend to give our stuff away for free quite often, uh, which devalues it. I think we spend a lot of time writing and performing and and honing and writing, performing and thinking, driving. And there's there's value in that. And I don't have a problem with filling a room full of people and not charging them to get in. But I also think that we should remember that what we do has value. Um, so, yeah. And also just generally I've been doing better club gigs. So, I've you know, I've been booked at the Glee now. I've done my first gig for The Stand. And those those are really exciting things. So, you know, I I'm, I'm feel a lot more comfortable putting myself on those platforms just like, I know people be like they're just clubs arena but you know in my brain like yeah, I'm a project manager so when you're doing clubs that have these reputations it's still like for me like a really cool thing so yeah I'd say I've definitely put my so I've put a price on, on my art so to speak if that doesn't sound too ridiculous and I've said pay for it um, and you will get your money's worth and doing that for an hour every day for a month is 
com- it is as stressful as you can imagine it is to be just selling tickets and, and whatever but I think worthwhile and you find your audience that way too because people invest in, in you and actually it does what works better is because people have invested in you they tend to become more interested in what you're doing next so I've noticed as a result of doing underbelly like just it's little things like more Twitter followers more Facebook likes because people kind of feel like there's I can't really put a finger it's like there's more credibility there so they've paid their money they've seen it they think oh we're great we want to see what you're doing next whereas one of the free fringe last year I must have performed to more people because I had a bigger room and I was filling it up more easily but I'm not sure if people then remembered what they saw in the same way they took the money in their pocket and they left so I think in terms of people being interested in you as an artist and wanting to know what you're doing next something about the paid fringe makes that it cements that relationship more so yeah I, I think I would say I, d- I did do that and it's come with more stress but it's definitely come with a few more rewards I think industry people do go to the free fringe and we know this because free fringe shows get nominated for things and they get reviewed but there's a limit to the venues that they'll go to because they'll only go to decent venues obviously for obvious reasons um you have to obviously have a good time and there's a huge competition it, between comics to get the great rooms at great times which is why I'm on the paid fringe because I couldn't get a good room at a good time but yeah industry is always going to prefer going to a paid venue because there's an the credibility that's attached to it makes it feel like a better use of their time which is not necessarily fair well it isn't fair but that's how it is but also the act of giving somebody a ticket for free is a more is instantly seen as a more attractive act than i'll come to my free show where there's no reserved seats or anything like that so it's the psychology of of buying a ticket and going to sit in a a room is more attractive to industry so i've definitely benefited from that i'm sure i have although i did ask to not know who was in my room when i performed so i didn't know if there was people in my room who were like important or significant or anything like that I think industry are more likely to come to watch you if you're in a paid venue. But that doesn't mean they won't watch you on the free fringe at all. It's just more likely on the paid venue. Have you been writing and sending stuff into News Quiz and News Jack? Like, this is the thing that is amazing because the BBC want comedians to write for them and they all have email addresses and all you have to do is write a joke and email it in. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Why aren't you doing more of this, Athena? You should be doing it every day. Like, not even in a year's time. Do it now. Do it after this podcast is finished. Write a joke about something. Look at Brexit. Do you know what I mean? Like, write it. God damn it. Have you even written those jokes? Yeah, I actually did submit quite a lot. But then um, when it didn't get aired, it just made it into my show. <laughs> so uh, I probably could have done more. Yeah, I, I will say that's a 50% win because I did was quite enthusiastic for, I think, the last season of News Jack. Um, I do have a writing session for New Quiz in the Diary, which I'm really happy about in September. So yeah, half a win for that, I think. Could have done more, but I got a bit bored. And then I just put a lot of the stuff that didn't get aired into the show anyway. So, you know, like it's it's still, it's it's so hard to write generically for me. I write so much from my voice and with my biases and stuff like that. And just being a great joke writer is something I'm still learning how to do. So, yeah, I would say like half a win and that's generous. But I think I got one one-liner, <laughs> which is not a great um, hit rate at all. Yeah, that's a terrible hit rate. But I, I think the... The success of doing stuff like that is the writing. You know, you don't get in something broadcast is obviously a fantastic thing to do. But if you spend 15 minutes or even 15 minutes a week just writing, that's better than not not doing that. So, uh, yeah, like a lot came out of my writing on topical stuff that went into my show or went into what I do in, you know, in my sets, in my club, club sets. But not a lot went out on air. <laughs> Uh, which is understandable. I do I do write a lot about white supremacy and stuff, and I think they're looking for stuff that's a little less on the nose. Have you paid off your credit cards? I know they're interest-free. I know you keep transferring that balance, but you know what? Just just pay them off. Earn a bit of money, get a cheque through the post, and just pay off your credit cards if they need to get rid of them. This is not comedy-related. What the hell? Why would I say this? Um, the answer is no. I just transfer that balance, man. Um, <laughs> look, interest rates are like 0.25%, so I'm not even thinking... I've, I have way less debt than I had last year. Way less. Um, but there's a couple of things I'm like, why would I pay that off when I can go out and spend a month at the fringe? <laughs> you know, I'm on a paid fringe venue, so there's no way I can pay off my credit cards. I've got to pay the venue. So, um, yeah, sorry, 2016 Athena, you still got credit card debts. Um, don't worry about that. It's your store, you're, you're doing better than you was last year until that settlement comes through from underbelly <laughs> then it might all go wrong again have you run a half marathon in 90 minutes like that that's an achievable thing man you've done you've done a half marathon in like 147 and you literally just got out of bed and did it so you know with a bit of training bit of hill work come on run up ali pally every sunday morning and you know that that could work and maybe by the end of it you'll, you'll get a nice little medal and a six pack which would be nice why would i say these things to myself Again, not comedy related at all. Um, the answer is no, but I, I'm pretty speedy at the moment. Do, do people care about this? Oh, Simon's nodding. People care. My, my, I haven't done a half marathon this year. I haven't had time. But my 5K time's gone down to 21 minutes, which is kind of good for 5K if you, give a, if you care about these kind of things. Yeah, not, but I, yeah, so if you do a 21-minute 5K, of course I can do a 90-minute half, half marathon. I just haven't had the time to do it. But I've been running a lot whilst I'm in Edinburgh because it's quite a... I live near Holyrood Park, which I think is really nice for a run because it's got steep uphills, but consequently steep downhills. So they're quite, it's quite nice for training. Um, so no, I haven't done that, 2016 Athena. But God, man, like, why would you say that to yourself? That's a ridiculous thing to say. You know, there's, there's so much. We have better things to be doing with our time. <laughs> I'm not an athlete. Well, my Mo Farah. This one was a bit corny, but like, you recently dumped somebody. So like, have you just like replaced that guy? <laughs> 
<laughs> what's you know if if you you should if you got if you're gonna dump someone have like you know there's a vacancy now so go out and recruit Athena that's quite sterile isn't it <laughs> yeah no I mean, yeah like just like just just generally to open I work hard and I write a lot of comedy and I do lots of other things and sometimes actually life is if your personal life is right your professional life sometimes follows because your head's in that right place. Uh, so just to open my mind to just relaxing and you know not thinking not thinking too much about constantly achieving stuff even though this whole podcast is about achieving stuff sometimes you have to sit back and let nice things happen for you outside of your professional ambitions (laughs) so basically are you getting any is what is the question i need to be asking myself for the future the answer is you know to that question the answer is yes (laughs) <laughs> no that's a tell look men are trash no i'm joking i'm joking I'm joking um that's a weird question for me to ask i did dump someone i, I swear to god i'm trying to remember who it was <laughs> who was that guy and it's 2016 uh anyway i can't it's you know what man you know bygones isn't it um yeah no like i think what i said about personal life being important is very true when you're content in your personal life that does impact your professional life no matter what you do for a living um, you always have to admit we know we're not put on this earth to make money and buy nice things we're put in this earth to do other things um, and it's important to have like balance um, so yeah like I would definitely I have more contentment now so I'm probably more content than I was last year but yeah like I'm single now but <laughs> that's so awful replace him you know <laughs> like an intern um, that's terrible 2016 was not a nice person I don't know if I'm any nicer, but I, yeah, 2016, bad Athena. I shouldn't have said that. Bad question. I feel very bad. I must have um, been very, uh, maybe a bit bitter. <laughs> I don't even remember. I can't have been bitter because um, I'm not that kind of person. But yeah, bad question. <laughs> I take it all back. It's not a nice thing to say. <laughs> it isn't. It's a terrible thing to say. It's a terrible way to think about people. Um, or it's a terrible way to think about a person who you can't remember who he is, um, which is equally terrible. Um, <laughs> I should probably stop answering this question I just sound like an awful person What memory makes you the most happy from the past year? Um, mm, comedy wise uh, probably go back to Johannesburg Comedy Festival because it was you know it's beautiful I mean hanging out with amazing comedians performing to amazing audiences travelling around being treated like a VIP staying in a five star hotel just just sort of um, the breakfasts man like I will mash up a hotel breakfast so i would say yeah eating a beautiful breakfast in johannesburg with a beautiful view of the city um thinking about you know how lucky i am to have started something a few years ago and for it to have taken me there stuff like that makes you encourages you to keep going anything you can do to that encourages you to keep going is a really good thing so that would be one of my happiest memories yeah um athena were there any opportunities this year that you said yes to that you now regret doing um no no, I don't. I think the good thing about comedy is it comes with very little regrets because you learn so much from all the mistakes you make. In fact, comedy is the one art you improve by doing it badly. Whether that's going to a bad gig or dying on stage or um, maybe working with someone it doesn't work out. Um, so I can't think of anything that I've done comedy-wise that I think I wish I didn't do that. I just, you know, that doesn't mean to say I haven't driven, sat in a car for four hours, gotten to a sort of gig gotten 50 quid spent 50 quid in petrol and gone home and thinking well, that was a waste of time but i also think that it's it's never wasted because as you know you've done it you've put a relationship with someone who has seen that you've done it people as you know comedy is a very um can be quite shallow some people 
who see you traveling around and gigging there can be benefits in that too because i'll be like oh we want her to come perform on my gig because so uh no i think there are very few i don't think anyone should regret anything in in comedy it's all there's no right way to do it it's not like project management you do something right or wrong uh, so there's nothing i can't think of anything genuinely that i've regretted uh, in the past year was there anything you said no to that you now regret not doing um I get a lot of, bizarrely enough, well not bizarrely enough, I tend to get opportunities to audition for American acting opportunities, uh, which I decline because I can't do an American accent. And I would, yeah, I suspect that at some point I'm going to have to bite the bullet and take some classes and, and deal with that because there are so few opportunities for sort of black female comedians and actors in, in the UK. There's a reason why I keep getting sent American opportunities and not British ones and the best way to take advantage of them is to, is to have the, the required skill set but I don't regret it too much because I also feel like my headspace is not there I don't want to work in America I want to work in the UK I'm not an actor as well so uh, but I, I, I would like to sort of better better take advantage of those opportunities um, like I've literally flat out said no I'm not I'm not doing that self-tape I'm not doing it but um, you never know like maybe I should just do them but I don't really re- even regret that too much I tend to say yes to most things comedy-wise, stand-up comedy-wise. I, I will, I will do a gig. It, um, there are some gigs now I won't do. I'm definitely a bit more um, uh, selective. But generally speaking, if you give me a stage and a mic and people and put a bit of money in my pocket, then if it can fit in my diary, I'll, I'll, I will do it because uh, I enjoy it and that's my job. So if you could come back to today and talk to me, what advice would you give me to help me over the next year? Um, that's an interesting one. Um, I, I think I'll just keep going like um but uh, you can never rehearse too much for your show you can never preview too much so um and relax like Edinburgh is uh yeah my whole focus of of this year was Edinburgh when I came up last year it was to do my 45 minutes every day so I knew how Edinburgh would work so I would be we well prepared to do an hour this year and just just relax and enjoy Edinburgh I wasted a lot of time maybe in the first week in this weird sterile box environment that I had in my paid venue being nervous I guess um but it's like it was silly and I think I my performances suffered from from feeling like I didn't belong there but of course you belong there you've written a show you've previewed it uh, so so relax the show is good you've previewed it everyone likes it it's not in your head it's a good show um and just know that in Edinburgh people don't laugh you know they don't like to laugh they they do sometimes but generally speaking, it's a little more reserved. So don't take that stuff personally. Just if everyone's seen the show and they like it, if your manager likes it, and if people around you like it, then don't worry too much about the audiences in Edinburgh being a bit subdued because it's a very strange environment. So just relax and enjoy it and keep going. And, you know, if you get positive feedback, kind of always draw back on that when people are staring at you wide-eyed and silent. Um so that, that, that's what I'd say to myself. That was Athena. I loved hearing her take on putting a price on your comedy and knowing your worth and having the gumption to say, this is what I'm worth. This is what my art is worth. Please pay it or don't come. And I really liked her talking about how she was finding her feet within the industry, on the writing side of stand-up. And it was really great, really nice to get into someone's mind and hear their take on the creative process rather than just seeing the final result. I totally agree completely, as I did with the Lauren Patterson episode, 
that your personal life being in a good place leads to your professional life being a good place and and it's great to see her in a great place in both of those areas i'm really happy for her and i'm really glad how hard she's worked to get to that so congratulations and i hope other people found it just as inspiring as i did to work as hard as i can to make my life as happy and as fulfilled as i can if you're new here please do hit the subscribe button if you're old here please do give us a review in itunes they're really helping genuinely uh they future proof the show for anyone who's new to finding it but also they're great publicity for me to send off to guests to say look there are people reviewing it there are people listening to it if you have a minute and you have something positive to say please do write it publicly on itunes if you don't use it or you don't want to use it i totally understand take a minute and share this episode with someone you think will get some value out of it all of that helps in any capacity that you're willing to offer it thank you so much for anything you're willing to do also please do join the facebook group it's called the audio time capsule and it's on facebook obviously i'm trying to build that up i'm going to have unique content in there i'm going to have sneaky trailers for different guests that are coming up and behind the scenes information and all kinds of stuff like that so please do join it's the best place to sort of find out when episodes are live first or, or actually no that's subscribing but the a close second if you're not on your phone refreshing the feed every day which if you're not why are you not doing that that's what i do um you should join the facebook group because it's also a place where we have discussions and each week i pick one question that's related or the exact question that one of the guests asks and ask it to you and get your answers for it so in this question i want to talk about how Athena wanted to start writing more and a couple of months ago a lot of my friends were doing NaNoWriMo which if you didn't know is a thing where people write a novel in a month by making sure they have to hit a sort of a certain word deadline by the end of the month. Did any of you take part? Have any of you started a writing project for the new year or have any of you started looking into doing a writing project for the new year? What's it about? What are you trying to write about? Who are you doing it with? Is there something that you've written that's getting published maybe? Share your writing achievements or your writing goals in the Facebook group in a comment underneath this podcast and we can all help each other out and we can also talk about what it's like writing a book or a play or an article or whatever it is you're working on. The audio time capsule is a fruit that got in Gravity's Way production for the internet. All elements were created by me, comedian Simon Kane, except for the music which was composed and recorded by David Jordan. Thank you very much for listening, thank you very much for subscribing, and thank you very much for rating and donating if you do. I'll see you all in about 14 days time. Bye! Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.